to the J.D. Power Travel and Hospitality Podcast. I'm Sarah Baggett from the Marketing Department, here today with our subject matter experts, Michael Taylor and Andrea Stokes. Welcome. Hello. Oh, we're so glad you're both here. Today, we are going to get a preview of some of the results thus far of the 2024 Airline Satisfaction Study, as well as the 2024 Hotel Guest Index Satisfaction Study. Uh, Really looking forward to talking through these and seeing where the different brands land and some of the insights from this year so far. Mike, do you want to kick us off and give us a little preview of what's going on in the airline industry? Sure. So uh, one of the things that we do at JD Power, again, to get really deep in the weeds, I'll, I won't spend too many time, too much time here in the weeds, but we create a model, a regression model that you know creates a, uh, a, uh, a mathematical equation of how we get that thousand point scale at the end. That's the thing that you see in the newspaper. Um, and uh, we don't really know, have all the data, of course, until we collect it all. So in the first quarter, we create a kind of an interim model. So we're working with an interim model at the moment. It may or may not change. Um, usually as the study gets a little older, it hardly changes at all. Um, and so from year to year, things do change. Obviously, you've, when you have a pandemic, things change. And when things rise in prices, you also have a, an impression of how much impact prices work on people's overall satisfaction. So basically, the model we're currently working with, which we developed out of the first quarter of this study, was that the onboard experience is the heaviest weighted factor, followed by the level of trust with the airline. We'll get into what that means, sort of an emotional type of measure. Ease of travel, again, which encompasses a lot of things. The value for the price paid is basically, what did I get for the ticket price that I paid? The airline staff that you interacted with, the digital tools you might have used, and then the day of travel and pre and post flight experience. So that's from top to bottom how that goes. And those may change as we go, but that's currently the way we're, we're working it. Um, so really the headline at the moment, because everybody's interested in the horse race, is who's winning and who's in second or third place. And again, going to those categories, first in business, uh, we have Delta currently in the lead uh, over Alaska by about 30 or points or so, which is a significant number. Um, and then third, United would be third in that business, first in business class category. In the premium category, it's also Delta, uh, leading by Alaska, leading over Alaska, and WestJet, a Canadian firm, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> uh, followed by American, JetBlue, Air Canada, United. And then in the economy section, there really isn't much surprise here. <laughs> uh, Southwest continually year in and year out does very, very well in this. Uh, the real headlines are who's in second and third place at the moment, but in second place, it's Delta. And third place is Allegiant, which we saw a lot of strength from Allegiant um, last year. Uh, and they've continued that into this year. And they're slightly ahead of JetBlue. Then comes Alaska. Then comes American. So that's above the average, though. So that's sort of the horse race there. Um, Delta, Delta, and Southwest. Um, so, so, again, some of the dimensions that we look at, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to – I'm just scrolling through my presentation, by the way. So it's uh, if you'll forgive me for uh, hemming and hawing a little bit here. Um, but we ask a lot of questions about um, image and, and people's enthusiasm for the brands. And we also ask the net promoter score. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with net promoter, it needs no explanation, but net promoter basically to the way I explain it to my clients is it's sort of an enthusiasm score. How willing are you to recommend this brand to someone else who's a business associate or a friend? And, you know, really kind of mirrors a lot of the 
rankings. And we've seen over the years when people have asked us, what's the correlation between net promoter scores and JD Power scores? It's about 80, 85% on average. And it's probably true also in the airline study. Um, but just to give you an idea, the scores you can get uh, in NPS are, are range from negative 100, which means everybody hates you and no one's going to recommend you, uh, to positive 100 means everybody loves you and recommends you. And if you get into a score in the positive ter- ter- territory, that's obviously good. And uh, for the first in business category, Delta, who's the category leader, is a positive NPS of 73, which is fantastic. And in the premium economy, they do slightly lower. They're also leading in that category at 65. And Southwest uh, in the economy category is a plus 60 as well. So a lot of concurrence uh, between NPS and the JD Power study, which we've seen over the years. And uh, also level of trust kind of works out the same way here. Um, one of the things I did see that was really very interesting uh, is a very, very high positive correlation between um, whether people have an excellent experience on their last flight and whether they're going to fly you again. And they, some of that you know, is pretty much uh, common sense and logical. That if you have poor experience, you're not going to uh, fly again. And only 1% of people in our category uh, said they had a very poor uh, experience. And I also ought to say, to get back in the weeds, we have a six-point scale rather than a 10-point scale here. So we go from poor to perfect. So it goes poor, just okay, good, great, excellent, and perfect. We're trying to create a little bit more discrimination at the top end, uh, which is something we've seen, basically trying to create a more of a bell curve uh, to the data rather than a skewed curve that we've seen. But about 3% of, uh, you know, uh, if people had a poor experience, there's only 1% of people reported a poor experience uh, through way through this study. And only 3% of those people would say, I'd recommend this airline again. And 11% of people had a perfect experience and they would recommend this airline 79% of the time. So it goes from 3% to 79%. And it's a really interesting curve. Um, and it goes up, you know, quite uh, linear on a linear fashion. So again, creating goodwill among passengers is really the key to obviously creating loyalty. Um, also, one of the things we do ask in the study this year is people's perceptions of various brands. And we ask them if they've seen news stories around airlines. And if they did, were those very negative to very positive? And um, really, the the plurality of scores about uh, whether people feel it's a negative, very negative, or very positive score is negative. 36% of the sample said, yeah, this I saw a story and it was negative. Um, and their impression of the airline, their overall satisfaction of the airline experience was 546 out of 1,000. And about 16% of people saw something very positive about an airline or the airline industry. And their uh, view of the um, of their experience rose from 546 to 816 out of a thousand. Um, so really, there is quite a bit of impact that the media has on people's perception of brands uh, within the airline industry itself. But again, just to recap, and I'm sorry, I probably got into those little you know bigger details and more details than than I should have here. But um, you know, for the three categories, it's uh, Delta currently in the lead. Uh, for the first in business category, Delta also currently lead for the premium economy category, and then Southwest being just above Delta uh, in the economy and basic economy category. 
So that is basically a summary of what's going on through wave three in the airline study. Sarah? Very interesting. Yeah, it sounds like there's plenty of time for airlines to catch up and these scores to change. Oh, yes. But, oh, uh, yeah. you know, it's interesting <laughs> to hear where they're at now, right? I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a, a second place airline uh, get to the top spot uh, from the third to the fourth quarter. Uh, sort was- of like, sort of like the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> and with such a comprehensive set of questions, you know, you're really getting that that full view of each of these airlines. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out uh, when the study finally publishes. Well, Andrea, let's change gears a little bit and talk about what is going on with hotels. Uh, can you fill us in on the latest wave results for the hotel study? Sure. So the J.D. Power Hotel Guest Satisfaction Study is uh, in our uh, 28th year, believe it or not. And we've just published uh, the Wave 2 data for 2024. Uh, The final publish will be uh, in July. So our study runs from June uh, to May each year uh, over that 12-month period. So uh, it's, you know, we we track guest satisfaction, of course, wave to wave. Each wave is about three months. And through uh, Wave 2, which ended in November, of 2023, um, we do see a, a little bit of uh, increase in overall guest satisfaction for um, full service hotels on average and full service hotel brands. So this includes these include luxury hotel brands, upper upscale uh, hotel brands, and we're seeing uh, you know things are holding steady, if not uh, slightly increased over uh, the past few waves of data coming out of uh, the pandemic, especially um, even when we look back to uh, 2022, which is when we launched the 2023 study. So, uh, good news there um, for you know limited service hotel brands like upper mid scale, mid scale. Uh, economy brands, we are seeing a little bit of decline in guest satisfaction um, compared to both last wave and, of course, compared to last year. So uh, we we kind of looked into why we think that is, and it is looking like uh, that sort of those lower value perceptions are still, you know, kind of have that overhang on overall guest satisfaction in the the limited service hotel segments so um and and i will say for economy hotels in particular we have seen we continue to see a decline wave over wave over the past several waves actually in uh value perceptions so we we can surmise that uh probably room rates in economy are still high um and guests just, you know, they they stay in an economy hotel and they do know what to expect and they do have experience with those types of hotels. But they are, you know, sort of perceiving they're not really getting value or anything, um, anything above and beyond for the rate that they're paying in uh, economy hotels. So I'm um, not not too surprising there. I, I do think hotel rates are generally still. Um, still elevated, uh, probably not as much of a shock as it was uh, in 2022 when we did see really, really high hotel rates, especially in spring and summer, right, in the high travel seasons. 
So it'll be interesting to see once we publish wave three, which publishes in April, uh, and then our final publish in July, how um, the high travel seasons, right, of spring anyway, uh, kind of, uh, it turns out, right, and for, for overall guest satisfaction. Absolutely. going to be really interesting to see demand and rates and how everything's playing together in this uh, post-pandemic sort of travel era. <laughs> sure. We, we definitely, you know, see hotel demand is uh, still high. Um, you know, there's nothing in the economy or in consumer spending that would indicate that the demand won't be there uh, this uh, this spring and summer. So, um, you know, if you're planning a trip, uh, definitely book that hotel as early as possible um, so that you're, you know, able to find availability. And then, you know, possibly if you if you book it early enough, right, you can maybe um, grab a, uh, a good hotel rate. So I think the same could be said for airline tickets as well, right, Mike? Uh, shop early <laughs> for these vacations that are coming up. Yeah, I mean, just to put a little bit of uh, spin on things, I guess, you know, we've seen satisfaction actually uh, decrease in the upper class cabins the, and the premium economy and actually increase in the economy section. So it's sort of a trend that uh, is a little bit different. Of course, that might smooth out as we go through this final period. And we are rel- you know, relatively, as Andrea points out, uh, low travel season. So pricing does move with the demand. So. It's going to be interesting to see how it works out through wave four in the airline study. Well, thank you both so much for sharing that with us. We are looking forward to these uh, wave publishes coming out and, of course, the final publishes coming out later in the year. Well, this has been the J.D. Power Travel and Hospitality Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next month. Mm -hmm.